I have a good friend who a few years ago was super excited to buy her very first home. She found the perfect place in a neighborhood that she absolutely loved. Sure, the house was a little dated and it needed a little bit of work, but for the the most part, this townhouse was ready. She moved in, she got settled, and six months into living in this new house, it had its first leak. She moved out, walls were torn down, cabinets were replaced. She moved back in. All seemed well. Then the second leak came, with impeccable timing. It it came the week of her wedding. So she and her husband, they went on their honeymoon. The leak, it was fixed. They started their life together in this perfect little house. Now upgraded because of two separate water issues. Then the third leak came. Uh, On Christmas Eve, nonetheless. Oh, and my friend, she is a pastor. Now, while there's never a good time for unexpected construction in your house, there's definitely some times that are worse than others. At at some point, my my friend Eileen is her name. She, She didn't know if she should laugh or cry, and I'm sure she did a little bit of both. Now, it might not be with a home, and it might not be quite as bad, but I'm guessing that we've all had something happen to us that's left us in this place where we're just not sure if we should laugh or cry. Where one thing leads to the next, and no matter what you do, for whatever reason, nothing is going the way that you thought it would go. Over the last few weeks, we've been exploring God's faithfulness. Resting in the reality that God is constantly searching for us. No matter where we're going, what we're going through, or or what we might be trying to hide from. This morning we're looking at the the story of Sarah, Isaac's mom, Abraham's wife. And, And we'll see that there are times that God invites us to step into discomfort, to be uncomfortable. Sarah's life is an adventure of of sitting in that space between crying and laughing, between fear and joy. Now, usually when we talk about this part of Scripture, we, we focus on the covenant that God establishes with Abraham. God calls Abraham, God, God calls, Abraham answers, and the whole world is blessed through his family because of Abraham's faith. But we tend to just breeze right past Sarah's role, and we really shouldn't. Now, I imagine that Abraham, then Abram, when when he approached Sarah, then Sarai, and he said, hey, hey, hon, we're we're going to Canaan to start over to build something new. I imagine that she gave him the same sort of look that my wife gives me when I have a day off at home and and I list all the different things I want to get done. Go on a bike ride, clean the garage, do some yard work, smoke some ribs, take the kids to the park, read a little watch the baseball game, write a little bit, she'll just stare at me in silence. Fully knowing that I'll be fortunate if I can get one or two of those things actually done on the list. Abram, he has this big idea, and at some point Sarai had to think, you're you're kidding, right? And as they travel, it goes from bad to worse. They get to Egypt. Abram knew there would be trouble and that Pharaoh would be interested in Sarai. So he asked her to save them both and to indulge Pharaoh's interest. Something that is repeated again later in the story with Abimelech as well. It's as if Sarah is constantly bailing Abraham out. This is even true when it came to having kids. Something that both of them didn't think would happen. 
Sarai tried to help to solve what seemed to be an impossible piece of the puzzle of God's plan. In the first passage that we read this morning, God tells Abraham that Sarai will have a a son, and he laughed. Our our second passage this morning mirrors the first. It it almost gives us the idea that Abraham and Sarah, they're, they're on the same page with the plan that God has for their family. Abraham is, is 99 years old when, when circumcision is introduced as the sign of the covenant. Just like last week with the rainbow and, and Noah's family, the sign is meant as a reminder of God's faithfulness. Ishmael, Hagar's wife, uh, Hagar's son, excuse me, is born, but, but God assures him that Sarah will have a son too. A few years later, Abraham is outside his tent when three visitors show up. Now, he notices that there's something different about them. So he calls to Sarah and he asks her to to bake some some great bread. And then starting at Genesis 18, verse 7, we read this. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There, there in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah, she was, she was listening at the entrance to the tent, which, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my, my Lord is old, will, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I, I did not laugh, but he said, Yes. Yes, you did. You did laugh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Abraham, he prepares a a feast for the guests of honor. We're we're not totally sure who they are. Some scholars argue that it's the Lord and two angels. Others suggest that it was just three men and that God was present with them. The, The sort of thing that we think about when we Read in the New Testament where two or more are gathered in, in, in God's name. That, that sort of community that Jesus talks about in Matthew. But we're led to believe that in some way, shape, or form, the Lord is there. The Lord is present. They, they have a conversation. And while they chat, Sarah is nearby. But behind in the tent, she's, she's listening. Now, I can't help but read this story and think of camping trips and late nights with some of my best friends and their families in Yosemite or, or at the beach. The sun goes down, we we gather around the campfire, we we pull out the s'mores. The younger kids, they go to sleep first. The older kids, they they try to fight the inevitable, but eventually they too go to bed. We sit around the the fire telling stories, catching up after not seeing each other for for quite some time. Our wives, they, they listen in the distance with one ear on what we say and the other ear on the kids. One of us tells a story. Maybe about work or something that's happened around our neighborhood or around our house. And immediately the spouse of the storyteller laughs just to keep the husband honest. 
That's not how I remember it happening. As Abraham and the the three guests, they sit around talking. One of them says, hey, Abe, next time we get together, you're going to have another kid. The guest who made the statement hears Sarah laughing to herself nearby, and he asks the question we've been pondering during this series. Where are you? But but instead, it's where is she? Where is Sarah? Sarah, she's heard this story before. It's been a painful part of her adventure with Abraham for years. And now this guest is just adding salt to an open wound. Does she laugh? Does she cry? Maybe a bit of both. What did this guest know that she didn't? For a moment, put yourself in Abraham's place. At this point, if I'm him looking across the campfire in disbelief at this guest for whom I prepared this this huge feast for, and he had the nerve to suggest something crazy. My wife, she had already been through a lot, and to be blunt, most of it was my fault. The pursuit of the dream that God placed in my head. There had to be at least a shred of guilt or remorse on Abraham's part. The guest sees that he's hit a nerve. And hearing Sarah's laughter, it confirmed that he had hit a nerve. Then the Lord asks a rhetorical question that really defines Sarah's life. One that challenges her faith and puts her in that space between fear and laughter. It should challenge us today as well. Is anything too hard for the Lord? It's a question that should make us at least sit a little uncomfortable. We know the answer. Well, at least in theory, we know the answer. We want to believe that nothing is impossible with God. But often that means something's happening or about to happen that pushes us out of our comfort zone. The the, the where are you question is about God's faithfulness to us. This question, is anything too hard for the Lord, is about our faith in God. Once we accept that we are loved, that God is constantly searching for us, that where are you question. The follow-up is, are you ready for an adventure? Are we willing to be a part of what God is doing in the world, even when it's equal parts laughable and scary? I fully believe that every one of us at WPC has a role to play in what God is doing in the world now and today, and that role should stretch us at least a little bit. Maybe it's, it's serving in a ministry area here that you never dreamed that you would be a part of. Maybe it's dreaming up a, a new ministry area, a gap that you see at our church that needs to be filled and you can fill it. Maybe you're, you're newer to our church and you've been wanting to get involved, but it's hard to break into a new church community. And if that's you, then I'd, I'd encourage you to reach out to Catherine. Her entire role here is to connect you with other people. Or maybe it's not even here at WPC at all. Maybe the adventure that you're being called to is one in your own family or one in your neighborhood. Sarah's story reminds us that courage and fear aren't mutually exclusive of one another. They're often opposite sides of the same coin. Now, years later, after the the conversation around the campfire, she, she gives birth to Isaac. And she laughs again. As she holds her newborn, she says this, she says, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? 
Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Is anything too hard for the Lord? How is your faith stretching you? Where might God be asking you to step out of your comfort zone? Maybe into a place that pushes you right onto the edge of of fear and laughter. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the constant reminder that we are loved, that, that you are searching for us, that you are faithful. And Lord, for the encouragement to respond to your faith with faith of our own. Lord, remind us that nothing is impossible with you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.